this may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm being mind-controlled by a sentient object, and I'm Evan. Ah, and I'm reconnecting with my absentee father. I'm Alice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering ABC's Gallivant, and instead of Ronnie being here, we have a guest. Yeah, Ronnie's off having a baby. Well, Ronnie's not <laughs> physically having the baby, but Ronnie's <laughs> wife had a baby. So we had to find a replacement Ronnie. And it's Ronnie's baby. Well, yeah, yes. She, she's not having a random <laughs> to be clear, disconnected baby from Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie's wife is not having some other person's baby. No, Ronnie's wife gave birth to Ronnie's biological baby. I hope. I don't know. We Look, don't. We don't know how we're heterosexual. Getting, we're getting too far into it. We don't know how, how, how opposite sex couples work. Yeah. We don't know what happens there. We don't know where anyway, babies come from. They have a new baby and they're taking care of the it. The stork so, came and brought it. Yeah. So Alice is here. What's your deal, Alice? Hi, uh, Alice. Hi. I'm Alice Kira. Uh, you might know me from Twitter, where I'm Magical Girl Kira, or anywhere else online where I'm Magical Girl Kira. Uh, especially if you listen to a actual play podcast that plays masks, I tend to show up in all of those. You do. Um, yeah. I played masks once. That was fun. It's fun. I really like yeah. it. I played a robot boy from outer space who was trying oh, to learn yeah. how humans work. Yeah. Kind uh, of a warlock situation. Alice taught me how to play masks. Oh. Yeah. It was a fun Connecting. game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh. So I have a bit for us, and and this is going to help our audience get to know your perspectives on Gallivant. Um, what is your favorite medieval fantasy story? Slash, wait, wait, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a better question. Okay, okay. okay. If you had to combine the cast of Lord of the Rings with the cast of a musical. Oh, this is harder. Yeah, yeah, it's much harder. What, what, what would you do? Uh, uh, I don't know any oh. musicals. Jeez, I don't oh. know. I'm not that kind of gay. The cast okay. of Lord of the Rings, like the I'm, actors I'm of Lord like, of the Rings, or the characters of Lord of the I Rings. I think, I think the characters, like you have, okay. you're, you're making. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, re, I'm redoing so, this bit. A musical without many here. female roles in it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. We're workshopping this in real time. Jess, okay, okay. You know how West Side Story is Romeo and Juliet? Yes. We are retelling Lord of the Rings as a musical. Okay. And you're picking the aesthetic. So if you were like, I want Lord of the Rings to fuck Les Mis and have a baby, and now it's Lord of the Rings but set in like old-timey French world. Or if you're like, Mm -hmm. I want... Lord of the Rings to fuck Jesus Christ Superstar. It's now like post-apocalyptic BDSM Romans with mm-hmm. like hippie Frodo. Okay. You know, okay. so you can pick any musical. You're like, I want it to be Little Shop of Horrors. There's now Saruman is a horny dentist and Gollum is a plant? <laughs> sure. I, I actually think I have one. Okay, what's This is yours? one I can do, even without an extensive knowledge of musicals. And I think I'm cheating a little bit here because the one I'm thinking of is already like a retelling of a, a cultural myth. But um, uh, Lord of the Rings as Hades Town. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Talk about that okay. a little more. Uh, so my understanding of Hades Town is that it's like a... Like, a depression era, uh, like reskinning of uh, the uh, Orpheus Hades, and Eurydice. Orpheus and Persephone. Eurydice, right? 
yeah. Uh, and so it's like, it is a, uh, you know, all of the trappings of a, uh, a myth, but, uh, brought a little bit up to modern times to sort of address, uh, like social perspectives on like wage slavery and stuff like that. I have not actually seen Hades town, so I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is what it's about. But, um, yeah, Lord of the Rings reskinned as, uh, like a, not modern, but, uh, like industrial era story about, like, defeating the evil of, uh, I don't know, capitalism exactly, but, like, robber barons, you know, that are destroying the earth and, uh, society as we know it as opposed to you know the dark lord love it good vibe what about you alice okay um i had to look it up because i'm terrible at remembering names but uh star kid put on this musical called starship which is yes. like a sci-fi kind of a satirical comedic look at uh what was that starship troopers mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah uh it's it was a lot of fun to watch with a bunch of friends they the characters say the phrase we canonically killed god a lot which is hilarious (laughs) i think like a sci-fi less serious take on lord of the rings that kind of pokes at some of the absurdity in that story would be cool also there's puppets love a good puppet absolutely yeah i feel like a a stage play of lord of the rings would definitely need some puppets Mm mm-hmm yeah, Starkid always did a really good job of, like, knowing when is a good puppet moment, and I appreciate that from that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I don't know anything about Starkid. I know about Starship Troopers. I appreciate Star tr- Starship Troopers as an adult far more. Mm-hmm. Not to talk about the bad lady, but uh, I remember way more about the wizard school from the Starkid version than her version. And uh, I think it probably had more of a cultural impact, to be honest. Yeah, I haven't seen their version of the Wizard School yet. I've really only seen a Starship by them. Uh, it's uh, less racist. We'll say that. <laughs> uh, it is way less problematic. Uh, I, I, I don't think you can claim that there are many things that have more cultural impact than Harry Potter. So I'm I'm not sure that's true because I've whatever this is, I've never heard of it. You have definitely heard people joking about it and referencing it. You probably just because if you haven't seen it, you probably just haven't picked up on it. But if you were like uh in in that cultural fandom, you definitely heard friends referencing it. Um anyway, uh my answer is cats. Excellent. Lord of the rings as cats. Yes. You already got Sir Ian McKellen. He's already there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think uh, Sarod being like a McClavity and like poofing around would be funny. Uh, I think Taylor Swift would be like a great. Oh, this is the movie. Mary. Oh cats. yeah, I want to see. I want to see Aragorn's <laughs> butthole and Legolas's butthole and Gimli. <laughs> I want to see all of the Fellowship's buttholes, please. There weren't buttholes in the actual movie that was just a rumor no there were there's the butthole cut it's out there uh i believe it okay i believe it exists okay um yeah i want to i i want to i i want everyone to dance around and i want to randomly meet like members of the fellowship you know how they bring the one sad cat around to meet like random people for i guess not random people random cats Mm -hmm. like individual songs you can give each member uh, a song and um i think james corden would be an excellent mouth of sauron um because i i hate him I, <laughs> and I, I hate the mouth of sauron i i do i like the idea of each of the members of the fellowship having a, a bizarre nonsensical song to like, describe their role in society like listen it's like the railway cat and like you know there's there's stuff there it it it'll work it'll work Okay, you say so. Specifically, the movie. Cats, yeah, specifically, cats, movie, cats musical, the movie. Colon, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I want I want Taylor Swift <laughs> to play all four hobbits. 
all four of them. Just like different personalities. This doesn't. She she can do anything. Fucking Lindsay Lohan. It. You know, if if Lindsay Lohan can play twins, Taylor Swift can play Barry Pippin, Frodo, and Sam. Okay. Okay. It'll work. Uh, Okay. I feel like I should watch Cats again, not because I enjoyed it, but because I don't fully believe that it happened. Like, I know that it did, but um, I don't know. I have to be reconvinced on, uh, on like, a personal level. We should talk about the show. We should talk about this yeah, show. We should talk about this show. Evan, do you want to recap uh, the four episodes we watched? Sure, yeah. Um, so we watched, uh, for this episode of Ending Pending, four episodes of uh gallivant uh episode it's episode three of season two i'll I'll do it in a season breakdown episode three of season two is called oh hell the king like (laughs) all all hail the king but it's Mm -hmm. a joke um so richard and gallivant get back to uh richard's former kingdom which is not valencia it's the one that he was in charge of before he took over valencia um and discovered that in richard's absence uh the peasants have disassembled the castle literally and have formed a democracy uh so um they they don't have any resources that uh they don't have the resources richard was hoping to take advantage of in his former kingdom to uh uh, rescue Isabella and retake the throne of Valencia that uh, Madalena has stolen from him. Um, Gareth, the king's former bodyguard who is now the king, is uh, feeling real bad about being the king because uh, him, in spite of them being very different people, uh, Gareth had a lot of affection for Richard uh so he's he's dealing poorly with being in charge now um Isabella you will recall from previous episodes is convinced that Gallivant broke up with her over Zoom call uh so she's upset about that and she's being forced to marry her cousin which she's upset about uh and an evil uh wedding planner turns up and gives her a sentient object tiara that is convincing her that she's excited about getting married so she's very um uh uh receptive to wedding planning now because she's been enchanted by this tiara um also they uh gallivant and richard meet up with uh, a lady named roberta who is an old friend of richard's from when they were kids and she volunteers to help them rescue Isabella. Uh, season 2, episode 4, called Bewitched, Bothered, and Belittled. Um, Gallivant is is getting, getting irritated with Richard being around all the time. Um, so he's trying to set him up with Roberta so that uh, Richard will be focused on her and not him and be less quote unquote helpful in his quest to rescue Isabella. Um, there's a little bit of, uh, uh, chef and Gwen plot in this one, uh, which I, I don't care about because chef was a funny character for a bit, but I feel like they tried to make him too much of the story. So anyway, they're, uh, they're working for Isabella's family now, and their status in life has improved, but, uh, they, they're unaccustomed to not being peasants, and so Gwen is, uh, feels like this conflicts with her identity, so she wants to leave, and she, uh, she is gonna leave Chef to, uh, to live a peasant life again, but he insists on going with her because he loves her. Madalena is invited to a party with these two, uh, hosted by two women who made fun of her when she was a peasant, and she's convinced that she's going to have her social petty revenge on them by being queen now. But uh, they still make fun of her because they're bullies, 
and Madalena and Gareth uh, start to, like, have feelings for each other in this episode. He gets, uh, he gets revenge on the, the two ladies who were mean to Madalena, and uh, she sort of she sort of realizes she might have feelings for him now, even though they wound up being co-monarchs by pure coincidence. Uh, season two, episode five, Giants versus Dwarves. Um, this is like a filler episode almost. Uh, they're on the way to rescue Isabella, and Richard randomly trades the Jewel of Valencia, which they're going to use to hire an army to rescue Isabella. Uh, he trades it for uh, what he believes is a dragon, but which is actually a lizard. Gallivant gets very mad about this, um, and he he uh, goes to recruit some people. He tries to recruit an army to help him rescue Isabella. Uh, he finds some giants, quote unquote. They're just regular height people. Uh, they're they're. Very short giants, and he also finds a, a crew of ex extremely tall dwarves who are also just normal-sized people. Um, and they have a long-standing feud with each other. And so uh, the main plot of the episode is them trying to settle the long-standing feud between the giants who are normal-sized people and the dwarves who are also normal-sized people. Isabella visits a like edgy princess who has a song about how she's an edgy princess and in the midst of flailing in the song she knocks the enchanted tiara off um uh Isabella's head and she comes back to her senses and realizes that she doesn't want to get married and this is all stupid and she's been mind controlled so uh she uh runs back to the whatever this kingdom is to to fire the the wedding planner who enchanted her um season two episode six isabella fires the evil wedding planner by the way he had both a wedding planning plan and a takeover the kingdom plan he was using his in with the uh the royals to win their favor so that he could ultimately catch them off guard and, and take over uh, Hortensia is the name of the kingdom. So Isabella, having come back to her senses, fires him. Uh, she breaks off her engagement with this little boy who she's going to marry. There's a bit with Madalena and Gareth. Uh, Gareth uh, is used to getting in bar fights and shit, and it's his birthday, so he wants to get in a bar fight for his birthday, but nobody treats him like a regular guy because he's the king now, so nobody will get in a bar fight with him. Um, there's a, this big, like, culmination of plot lines in the Forest of Coincidence where uh, uh, Sid, who's trying to find Gallivant, meets... Uh, the the wedding planner who explains that uh, Isabella thinks that Gallivant hates her and Sid is like, oh, that's not true. It must have been a misunderstanding. I have to go tell Gallivant. And he runs off to find Gallivant and tell Gallivant that Isabella thinks that uh, he broke up with her. Uh, meanwhile, Gallivant has run into his dad, who is not Anthony Stewart Head anymore, much to my dismay, and his dad has started a school for wayward youths, and Gallivant is uh, very upset by this because Gallivant's father did not give him much affection when he was a kid, and he feels like all of these little uh, kids uh, have, have sort of stolen his dad from him and he's feeling some kind of a way about it and then his dad apologizes and they reconcile and then Sid finds Gallivant and uh, throws a sword at him he throws Gallivant's sword at him and accidentally impales him and that's where we ended this was a real cliffhanger for these couple of episodes so that's what happened there was a lot going on in these episodes sure was, sure was a lot happening 
I guess I should be Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you be Ronnie. Okay. Hey, Evan. Yes, Andy. Did these four episodes of Gallivant work for you? Okay, strong yeah. answer. How very Andy of you. <laughs> hey, Alice. Yeah. Did these four episodes of Gallivant work for you? Uh, yeah, I think they worked for me. Awesome. Hey, Andy. Yes. Alice, you have to be. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Hey, Andy. Andy now. Hey, Andy. Yes. Did. Uh, these. Four. Episodes. Of Gallivant work for uh, someone. I was just expecting you to say, <laughs> I was just expecting you to say butts or farts or something. <laughs> Evan, you dropped the ball here. You got thrown a curveball. I curve guess it ball. fell to me to say butts or farts or something. Uh, I fucked uh, up. Butts, farts. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> there's Ronnie's stop, laugh. Stop! Don't don't patronize me. <laughs> I can't do Ronnie's laugh. Okay. Um. Yes, these four episodes of Gallivant worked for me. I was devastated that Anthony Stewart had got recast, but I was delighted to watch Richard uh, at the end of that episode just fucking like punch two kids in the face. <laughs> so so that made up for it. Uh, we got to talk about what worked first. That's the pattern we always do. That's okay, what we okay. always sure. We got to talk about what worked. I have some complaints about these ones, but I'm holding okay. them in. Yes, hold I'm them storing in. Storing them up. Uh, they're becoming more powerful. Um, let them ferment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all packed in there, like fish, like salted fish in a barrel. Cool. Um, uh, I really liked uh, the Sid's song "Today We Rise." Oh, so good. Where he very quickly convinces all the peasants to revolt and then through continuously explaining all the terrible things that are going to happen to them if they revolt, they all abandon him. Yeah, I love a good peasant's revolt. There's, uh, that that song is very obviously like riffing Les Mis and mm -hmm. there's a song uh, in the Giants and Dwarves episode which is just clearly riffing West Side Story. Yeah. And I found both of those very delightful uh like nods to uh mu musical theater classics i did like the democracy bit of uh episode three three where, yeah uh richard comes back and they were like yeah well we we went for years without a king and realized that uh we didn't need a king and so we just uh made a democracy but then they did that song about how it's like everyone gets to vote unless you are disabled or black or a woman or you're poor or, or you gay or you're gay yeah, yeah it was it was a good it was a good song it was funny uh i know this is a a bit that is done frequently uh, there was definitely some uh some references to like monty python in there the the thing the you know women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government they didn't say that mm -hmm. but it was you know referencing it was in that tradition um, yeah. But it was funny. It was a good take on it. Richard's song in that episode uh, about not knowing what he'll do yeah. is, is yeah. truly delightful that and very was good. cute. That one's so cute. If I, like I was that a one. jolly blacksmith or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that might have been my favorite episode of the bunch. Nick Frost cameo was great. Love, love a Nick Frost showing up in things. I do like Nick Frost. Yeah, it's just fun to see him. Who was Nick Frost? I don't know the name. So. He is the uh, guy from Hot Fuzz and uh, Shaun of the Dead. He and Simon oh. Pegg are basically married. Okay. They're like professionally yeah. mm -hmm. married. Yeah. And he, he was the giant with the eye patch. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay, yeah. Oh, I have some fun facts. Would you guys like some fun facts? I, I love, love fun, fun facts. Fact. So I was trying to figure out what the reference to the dragon's name being Tad Cooper was. Okay. Because I was like, that's got to be a joke somewhere. And uh, here are two bits of trivia. <laughs> Viewers have speculated that the name is a cryptic inside joke. But Karen David revealed that when they decided to give the character a proper name, a variety of monikers were randomly pitched in the writer's room, and it was agreed that there was a nice ring to the name Tad Cooper. 
Tad Cooper's actor, Bruce, was kept warm via a hot water bottle kept nearby. <laughs> Aww. Uh, I did think it was funny in that episode how there are several scenes of him dancing with Tad Cooper, the lizard, um, mm-hmm. where it's clearly it, a plastic whoa, whoa, whoa. lizard. It's a dragon. It's okay. Um, there are several uh, scenes of him. He's doing his little song with Tad Cooper. And uh, in in some scenes, it, it is the lizard. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, in several scenes, it is clearly a plastic lizard that is not even vaguely the same size or shape as Tad Cooper. So, like, clearly they were like, oh, the 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 it the, the species of lizard is a bearded dragon. It's just like one of those $40 bearded dragons that you can buy at the pet store. Um, they were like, oh, clearly there's scenes where the lizard is just not cooperating with what we want to do. And mm-hmm. so they just... Like went to a dollar store. Bruce and, is being a real prima donna yeah. and wants some uh, some better uh, flies to eat. I guess. Yeah. Look, so if, if you wanted Bruce to dance, you should have put that in his contract. Exactly. Yeah. Look, workers' rights respect people's uh, contracts. Um, so yeah, they went to a dollar store or something mm-hmm. and just bought like a plastic lizard, and that just became part of the joke. I assume. I don't know. This is what I'm guessing because it was clearly clearly a plastic lizard and they made no attempt whatsoever at hiding the fact that it was a plastic lizard i do i do also like the uh the evil wedding planner the evil wedding planner is fun yeah i like the bit about the uh the plan versus the plot that's very funny yeah he's got an assistant and uh uh the assistant's like how's the plan going sir and he's like Oh, it's going great. And he's like, yeah, so we're still going to uh, take over the throne of Hortensia, right? And the wedding planner's like, no, I was talking about the wedding plan because I'm not stupid enough to talk about our evil plan in public, you idiot. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, I thought we had a discussion about calling the evil plan the plot and the mm-hmm. wedding plan the plan. And the, the wedding planner's like, that's so stupid. Anyone can keep that straight. Obviously, I'm not talking about the evil plot in public. And, like, the, the king and queen are standing right there and can hear them. And then in the next, either later in the same episode or in the next episode, um, they, they get confused about the plot versus the plan again. And the wedding planner's like, you know, you, you were right. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping track of it now. It was a good bit. I I like the evil wedding planner actually legitimately being invested in the wedding planning. He's so invested (laughs) in it. It's great. And and it could just be because our wedding is in uh, too short of an amount of time. It is right around the corner that I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, like this sassy wedding planner. Like, I'm here for him. But uh, he's great. We do not have a wedding planner. We don't know. I wish we had an evil wedding planner. Yeah, that would be fun if we had an evil wedding planner. Even after he's banished, he's like, oh, and be sure to do this for the wedding. But also, I'll see you in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very good. But yeah, there's a, a prop where he has like two the two plans side by side, where he has like the evil plan and the wedding plan. And if you pause and look at it, on the evil plan, there's like contact Wendy about the embroideries. And then in parentheses, it says, wrong plan. Move to other list. <laughs> I did not look closely so at good. the wedding plan versus evil plan scene, but that's very good. There's fun stuff in like the little props they have, like the wanted poster for Sid. It's five gold pieces if he's alive and six pieces if he's dead. That's very funny. I, uh, I felt a little seen by mind-controlled Isabella. Uh, I related a little too hard to her enthusiasm <laughs> for her wedding. Uh, I don't know what that says about me, but that was... I liked her being... I was about to say I liked her being mind-controlled. That sounds weird. Uh, I liked the like enthusiasm of mind-controlled mm-hmm. Isabella. It was very funny. Yeah, the number where she's initially just very dragging her feet fine i'm doing this because i have to and then she gets mind controlled and is instantly super enthusiastic she did really well in the number playing Mm -hmm. that switch between attitudes and uh her like uh 
boss ass bitch moment when she gets unmind controlled and like grabs a sword and is like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go kill this guy. It was very fun. Uh, and I liked the punk rock uh, princess. It reminded me of the something corporate song, Punk Rock Princess. I'm not familiar with that song. Yeah, I'm not either. That was Andrew McMahon's before he was Andrew McMahon in the wilderness with Jack's Mannequin. And Andrew McMahon's band before he was Jack's Mannequin was something corporate. Mm. Uh, and it is very like 2004 mm. uh, pop punk piano stuff that, that was a dark time for me and a dark time for music so i'm glad i, I didn't interact with <laughs> no that. something corporate was great uh, i don't know was it yeah i'm not convinced okay i've never heard it but uh i don't know i'm biased against it by its era um what else there's there, i mean there's just so many good bits like it's impossible to like reference all of them in uh a rapid fire amount of time but mm. uh there it's a good show. It's very funny. It's very fun. I'm very fond of this show. I had some complaints about these specific I episodes. I have a couple complaints, but nothing like super yes. huge. Yes, yes, bitch with me, Alice. Yes. <laughs> okay. Nobody ever, nobody ever joins in when I'm uh, griping about stuff. I have to be the unfun one. Um, first and foremost, the most egregious sin. I didn't like it when uh, this the the one uh, punk princess lady mm-hmm. had a line about her unshaved armpits. Her pits were they, shaved. Yes, yes, they were. Yeah. They cut away when she did the armpit gesture so that you couldn't immediately see that her pits were shaved. But in other parts of the song, she raised her arms and her pits were yeah. extremely shaved. So um, bad. Yeah, her. I didn't like it. <laughs> I I don't really enjoy Princess Jubilee's whole number because she sings about how she's not that kind of princess, but like she is actively wearing a gown while singing about not wearing gowns and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it did. It feels I did say kind of hollow it. to me. It it's very I'm not like other girls of her, yeah. which is a little much. But the like aesthetic when Isabella shows up and it's all of like these kind of like punk medieval peasants slash nobles who knows what they're what's going on Mm -hmm. it felt very like queer theater kid to me and so that's my defense of punk rock princess I guess Um, but no it is very I'm not like other girls she's like I don't like pink and I don't wear dresses and it's like bitch bitch, you're wearing wearing a a dress right now right my armpits aren't shaved. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, I think there that... was probably like a good opportunity there to make a joke about her being a goth princess and be like, you mean like Visigoth? But no, they are oh, actually very that would have been so people. good. That's mm, that that missed opportunity. You're yeah, hundred percent correct, Alice. Uh, also, like they, there was a fun opportunity to make her like a goth princess as opposed to like a punk princess. Because mm-hmm. the you could be you can be a high femme elegant goth and still have a song about how you're not like other princesses. Um, but yeah, this may, maybe maybe I didn't like it for the exact same reason that uh, two thousand four two thousand five was a rough time for me because uh, I feel like this was everybody's. You're you're. You're correct, Andy, that it was a bit like queer theater kid, but like the worst flavor. <laughs> um, I wasn't crazy about the um. Uh, oh, I I I showed my hand about this in the the summary, but uh, I'm I'm bored of the the Gwen and Chef thing. Mm-hmm. I think Chef was very funny when he was just a bit character in the background, mm-hmm. and he was so popular that they decided they had to do something else with him. And uh, they now just don't know what to do with him. They've they've worn out everything they can do with Chef. Gwen, and- Chef, and Jester have uh, at this point run their course. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I wasn't crazy about the uh, the giants versus dwarves episode. There were funny bits in it. It wasn't like the worst, but it did feel like they were. It, it did feel like they had to add one more episode to the lineup so they were like oh shit let's just um uh we gotta come up with a reason that they don't have the the jewel of valencia anymore uh let's get a lizard 
and some regular sized dudes. We don't have a budget to to make anything more complicated than He's this. He's a dragon. I love Tad Cooper with all my heart, but yeah, I don't It's a it's like a fun episode, but I feel like they're trying for something with the giants versus the dwarves, but they're actually all about five foot ten, and I'm not sure what they're trying for there. Yeah, I mean, that was like it felt like a joke without a punchline. Yeah, yeah like that was the joke that the giants and the dwarves are, in fact, just both like regular sized dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-, I agree with you, there wasn't like a point, like what. Like, there's some things, like, in the episode three, the guy who's explaining democracy to them is like, well, a democracy would never send their army to invade a foreign nation with no clear goal and get mired in a conflict forever, and is very much looking to the camera and very clear about what they're doing, but yeah, with the giants and the dwarves, it's like, they're explaining their whole thing about, oh, we're short giants and tall dwarves, and we hate each other, but I don't know what... It feels like they're pointing at something, and I just can't see what they're pointing at. I don't think they are. I no. I, I think they just okay. like didn't have a better idea. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, they could be like referencing something in because there are like quite a few topical jokes in this show. Like the mm-hmm. show is self-referential, and it's also referential to like the time it was made in, which was just a couple of years ago. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, it, it is, uh, it is pretty straightforward when they're making jokes about, you know, society and the politics and stuff like that. But I just, I don't think there's anything to the giants versus dwarves thing. I think they needed one more episode, and they were like, oh, um, you know who I got on speed dial? Nick Frost. Let's see if he wants to come out here and do something. And we don't have any money, so we'll just, we, you know, we spent all of our money making the other nine episodes uh so we'll just get a 40 dollar lizard from the pet store and we'll dress up two groups of guys uh we don't have any money to do special effects or whatever so uh, Hmm. just roll with it i hate um so in the rise of skywalker oh boy they introduce Uh, a random new character named Zori Bliss, okay, who is only there to, to know make Homo like... Finpo. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they put a Zori Bliss in this show, and she's just girl Galavan. Mm-hmm. She ha- she has not had like any sort of meaningful backstory other than that she was paid as a child to play with King Richard, mm-hmm. and she just can do everything Gallivant can do, but she's a woman and Gallivant is clearly like shipping her and Richard now. And I don't want to hate her like, but I do because she hasn't done anything yet. She hasn't like been funny or likable at all. She hasn't done anything particularly badass that we haven't seen, like, other fighty characters already do. She's just there to not add anything other than, well, King Richard has a crush on her, so. Don't worry, he's really faggy, but he's not gay. Mm. It's real weird. Which is, yeah, it's doubly weird because they have gay characters in the show. Like, they had that whole... I mean, it was played for laughs, but, like, everything is... It, it didn't feel disrespectful when they did that, uh, like, Enchanted Forest gay bar episode. Well, no, it felt like, very much like we know who's watching this show. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a Kylie Minogue bit where she runs a gay bar, and it's really funny. Yeah. So, and it seemed like it was confirming that Richard was gay, which I was like, oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know what the deal with roberta is um, is that her name yeah yeah they I call could, her they call her bobby but i could not remember roberta. what her character's name yeah. was. yeah i've um, just been calling her zori bliss in my head um isabella when isabella was like adventuring with the crew like uh sid and gallivant uh she she had a, a function in the story you mm-hmm. know like she had a motive 
she took action to advance the plot, and she also had like a different. She she brought a different character dynamic to the group. Yeah. So she just worked so much better as like the quote unquote girl character in the group because she was she was better rounded. But yeah, and I agree with you. Roberta kind of came out of nowhere and is just there now. Gallivant and Richard before she showed up was a really dynamic twosome. Mm-hmm. And I like I wasn't particularly like like shipping them or anything, but it was like a really fun dynamic. And Zori Bliss just throws the whole thing off and I I I if this was just Gallivant and Richard and Tad Cooper, I'd be thrilled. I mean, I like Bobby. Um, I think you're right that they don't really do enough with her. Like, my other complaint right now is uh, they don't do a lot with Isabella either. She mm-hmm. kind of feels yeah. like she's just been kept in a holding pattern for four episodes. It felt like they really forgot what to do with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I pointed that out last episode because I, I feel exactly the same way. They're, like, lampshading the fact that she's, like, trapped in a tower, basically. You know, they made a joke out of the fact that, like, oh, this is a fantasy trope. She's trapped in a tower and they have to rescue her. But she's trapped in this pink box with padded ball. You know, but, mm-hmm. like, even though they're lampshading it, they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's still yeah. no fun. If you nod and wink at the camera while you're doing, like, sexist writing tropes it's still sexist writing tropes um i she was most fun in these four episodes when she was mind controlled for one of them and that's that's a bummer uh because she was a really cool character in season one yeah and uh these four episodes just didn't didn't know what was happening with her yeah that's kind of like the bummer about this season they've got like two solid threads and a third one that like we well we need the third act the third story in each episode and we're not mm-hmm. it's not as it's, good as the other two but it's all the characters in that one kingdom is it's just mm-hmm. kind of boring but when we go to uh gareth and you took me away from the character name page madalena remember and anyone's Santa. names yeah you're, you're <laughs> get away from your email go back <laughs> Gareth and Madalena plot real fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gallivant and Richard plot real fun. And then whenever they go to uh, Hortensia, 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 mm-hmm. it's it's Bummerville because uh, it's uh, it's a little boring. Yeah, you can sort of feel that they uh, they were surprised to get a second season and mm-hmm. didn't quite know what to do with it. Which uh, I don't blame them for. That, as I recall, the show was officially canceled and then uncanceled, and they were like, "Oh shit! Oh, we have to do a second season now." Yeah, so, I get it. Uh, I and could I definitely still overall... see it as like a they had to get the scripts done to produce it with the time yeah. frame that they were given, and it definitely could have used a bit more work. I assume I don't know, but I assume that the budget was probably a little smaller for the second uh, season, also. I, I think know. it was bigger. I think they blew it on some banger cameos. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe that, like, ship in the, the first episode. They had that, like, yeah. huge yeah. musical number in the first episode with uh, Gallivant and Richard mm-hmm. singing and dancing on a pirate ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it, it, to be clear, like, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still not, uh like, dreading watching it when we go to watch it or anything like that. So I, I can't be I can't be too hard on it. But yeah, I, I think the second season so far has been a little bit uh a little bit rougher than the first. Um and while I did say that like the one plot line is boring, that is where the main villain is at, and I like him very much. So hmm. it's it's not it's not all bad. Well the good news is he's moved kingdoms now and mm-hmm. <laughs> Is All of the Madeline. villains are hanging out. Yeah. There, there is an interesting, there's a song that was cut from episode, what is it, six? Uh, where Gareth goes to try and get in a bar fight. There is a song called uh, Your Mother is a Whore, which was rejected because ABC only lets them use that word twice per episode. 
Oh, really? Is that why they kept saying hussy in yeah. that episode? <laughs> That's really funny. My father is a hussy. I think there's a demo of it on the soundtrack that you can listen to. Oh, speaking of of fathers, uh, I don't like a uh, new Gallivant dad. Yeah, I miss Anthony Stewart head. I don't know what the deal is with that. If they just because I I it's been a bit since I saw the first episode of season one, but I vaguely remember gallivant saying that like the reason he's so helplessly in love with madalena is because he comes from a long generation of lovers who fall hopelessly in love with people at the drop of a hat um and then we saw like some flashbacks and some like small appearances from anthony stewart head as gallivant's dad and then in this episode there's a whole different gallivant's dad and gallivant is very bitter about his dad not loving him and like I think makes a joke or two about like his parents not getting along and mm-hmm. like his dad being a dick to his mom and I'm like what what happened to your other dad Anthony Stewart head <laughs> did did uh your mom get remarried is it what, what I, I don't know I don't know if they just like forgot what they put in the pilot or or what but it it was it was very strange yeah uh, apparently, Anthony Stewart Head was just too busy with theater to appear in the episode, so that's why they recast him, according to the wiki that I'm on. But they didn't just recast him, they, like, completely reinvented yeah. the character of Gallivant's father. I could totally understand mm-hmm. them recasting. That happens all the time. That's not a big deal. Star Wars? It's not a big deal, Star Wars! Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, they, they like, wrote an entire new backstory and just pretended that the first, like, backstory didn't happen, which was a weird choice. I don't know. I only rewatched season two up to episode six. I didn't rewatch the whole first season, so I might not have a clear memory of it. But I kind of, I think there is, like, a through line you could see between uh, season one Gallivant dad who is very uh quickly head over heels in love and he was also like a hero and went off on adventures i think in part to like prove his love to his mom and you can see that kind of going toxic and falling apart on him too uh you may well be right uh i may be misremembering bits yeah uh but like i was I, so I may have, I, I guess I misinterpreted uh, the character. I don't know. No, I but, might uh, also be too generous to them because you've re- watched it more recently than I have. So, Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember uh, uh, Gallivant making just different characterizations of his dad. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping it would be revealed that... Gallivant's dad and Richard's dad were fucking. Yeah. And I was really hoping that Richard would be like, see, we're brothers now. And Gallivant being like, no, we're not. That's not what that means. Um, And so I liked the ending I wrote in my head better uh, about Gallivant's dad than what we got. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my complaint, but that's not really a complaint. I mean, the version you make up in your head is always better. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing we can yell at Star Wars about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars fans, chill out. Yeah. That this is this is a Star Wars problem. The version they've made up in their heads uh doesn't happen on the screen and then they get upset. Mm. Sorry I'm dunking on Star Wars so much. I haven't even had any negative interactions with Star Wars people recently. Every now and then I'm just like, Star Wars. No, you're fine. When you have a negative interaction with a Star Wars fan, it can be really negative. So, sure can. All right. Well, any any other thoughts on Gallivant? Why why did you pick this show to reach out to us about? I'm curious. Uh, it, I've got like a really fond spot for it in my heart. Um, when it was like released on Netflix was when I watched it because. Everyone on Tumblr was like, oh, it's on Netflix. You have to watch it if you haven't seen it. And I thought it was really good. And 
it was a very stressful point in my life. So it was like a nice, lighthearted thing to watch and kind of relax and laugh and have a good time. So I'm very fond of it. It is that. It is a very pleasant watch. Uh, even the things that I'm griping about in it uh, didn't overall uh, diminish how how pleasant it has been to watch. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, even the worst episode I've watched of Gallivant has still made me smile and laugh a good bit. And uh, we watch a lot of bad shows on Ending Pending, and uh, Gallivant definitely is not one of them, which is uh, delightful. Yeah. Alice, do you want to plug any socials or anything you have up uh, coming up? Uh, sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Magical Girl Kira. Um, and you can hear me on the space western anthology podcast breathing space fading frontier it's a lot of fun awesome. in season two yeah, i play I'm, a horrible I'm... person and who may or may not die horribly you have to listen to find out oh i'm not familiar but uh now i'm gonna poke around in that yeah i've decided i'm just gonna read the close out for force friends rewatch because i have that written in a little oh script. no uh, uh so uh, so just every time you hear me say force friends rewatch just Imagine I'm saying ending pending. Well, I know that our Twitter is at pending pod. You can follow us on Twitter at pending pod. You can uh, give I, us I money. Got, I got a script ready. You can yeah. give us money on Patreon at patreon.com slash WTM radio. Um, those are the only two things that are important. That's all that matters. Follow us on Twitter at pending pod. Give us money on Patreon patreon.com slash WTM radio. You can do your force friends thing. Now. No, you just ruined my whole bit. It's fine. <laughs> That's the end of the episode, I'm, folks. I'm a actual marketing professional. I must, I must put the URLs in. I gotta, I can't live without it. Uh, I don't know how we close out anymore. We've totally lost the thread on what we're doing. Um, Alice, give us something to close on. Give us a, give us a line. Give us a punchy line. Uh, yeah, go back the Patreon or we'll buy a dragon with an emerald that we totally have. And one day we'll set your heads on fire. Oh, okay. Great closeout. <laughs> Love it. I like you taking Andy's approach uh, to getting Patreon dollars, which is verbally abusing our audience, the audience and threatening them with bodily harm. Exactly. Yeah, that's the that's what the people want. I love it. Where they may radio.